Oh, what is happening? In the palm of his hand, the man has a way with women. I think we know this guy. Who? What is happening? Oh, oh the master's souls back. The music. Yo, is he about no, to be around? Oh, dude, two? this no is way. Jake. This is Jake. Oh my! It's got to be. He's got the hat. He's got the hat. He's got the He's got the gloves. He's got the gloves. Get out of town. What is a nicer? He car. looks like Hitman. Ooh, our man's moved up in the world. <gasps> He's got the suit on. It's got you in the suit. Meet my friend, Jake Locker. Confirmed. Let's go. Awesome. Wow, what an ending. I, I gotta ending. see everything else Jake did. Like, right? give this show a second season. I, I want to see the one needs Jake to be season. Just the Jake Lockley cut from everything else. Just that the Jake. <laughs> give us the Jake cut. Release it. Release we know you had it. Well, welcome back to New Rockstars. We just finished watching Moon Knight's series finale, or should we say season finale, because this post credit scene finally introduces us to Jake Lockley, mm. Mark Spector's additional alter from the comics. Jake from State Harm. <laughs> He's normally a New York cabbie. In this case, a Spanish-speaking cabbie. Yes. Uh, I love how they play into uh, Oscar Isaac's roots and um, giving us a little explanation behind that song choice at the end of last episode. Uh, but so much of his story remains untold. Like, how much of Jake did we actually see on this series? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from? I don't have a rhyme right there. White people go crazy for over that Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> but what is Conchu's relationship with Mark and his alters now? And uh, by the way, in this episode, what happened to those kaiju-sized god... Elmet! <laughs> Where's the Megazord when you need it? I mean, like, we, we needed a whole, like, Megazord, man. Like, that would have been really cool. <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's Moon Knight Reaction Show. I'm Eric Boss. My Easter egg breakdown of this final episode, or fin season finale episode, is coming tomorrow to the channel. But here with me to react to this episode to try to answer your biggest questions is MT. MT, thoughts on this finale? This finale was great. I mean, I love this finale a lot. I love seeing Layla kicking butt, like, very much, uh... Like Captain America style with her wings, she's like, "All right, I'm here," and like, and like she looked really cool, and like, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that she's the Scarlet Scarab now. Now that she has that like big old red scarab right on her chest. Yes, so I really think that's been confirmed that. by Marvel. Yes, it's been confirmed by Marvel, just not in the episode. Woo woo woo! Um, so yeah, like I really dug this, and I, I love seeing Kanchu fight. I didn't think we'd see Kanchu actually fight at any point during the season. So like seeing him throw hands was really cool. Yeah, I think uh, after last episode, um, my bed was made for this season. I, I was really happy with uh, the directions they took. Uh, Mark and Steven's character, I like how they focused on the two of them as a, as a core dramatic relationship in the series. And I love seeing them come to terms with each other throughout each episode. Uh, so I was really happy with where this uh, this season ended. I, I think some people might have some mixed reactions to this finale. That tends right. to be the case with a lot of these Marvel Disney Plus shows. Is uh, They just have like a lot of things to tie up and sometimes the either the pacing of the episode or the narrative shortcuts that are taken just to get characters from A to B, just make people feel like, whoa, whoa, wait, what's happening here? But I think that's just a result of the way these shows are structured and the way they're shot and the way they're written as a kind of six chapter films uh, as results, uh, instead of like, you know, with most other, most other shows, the season finale is a really uh, <laughs> focused on hour of television that is meant to like have its own kind of lovely arc 
from the first scene to the final scene. And that's not always the case with these Marvel Disney Plus shows. Overall, I felt really satisfied at the end of the show. I, I, I loved this, se this whole season. Uh, I loved the journey and I loved how much we learned. I feel like looking back on ourselves, you know, two months ago, there's so much about DID and Egyptology that right. I was very ignorant to. Um, Super and now my eyes have been open to a whole new worlds of characters and, and people and, and the human experience. And I'm really, really grateful to the series yes. for taking us down that path. Like, no, for real. Like, just like you said, like I learned so much about DID and like, you know, different alters and how alters manifest. Like I love when like Disney and, and, and Marvel give us content that like helps us grow as people. And like the Moon Knight really did that for me. So hats off to you, Disney. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about what happened this episode. So the finale episode opens with Mark's corpse back in the tomb and Harrow takes Amitsu Shapti, using it to upgrade his staff into mm. a single-headed croc axe, right? I mean, this kind of, it just looks like the 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 dangling staff was not enough. Mm -hmm. We just he needed one croc. I thought that was an interesting evolution, right? From right. Uh, what seemed to be a visage of uh, Amit saying, I'm going to try to be fair mm -hmm. uh, and be two-minded and look at both sides of your soul to just being an aggressive devourer of <laughs> souls with an axe on the back of its head. <laughs> hey, I mean, like, Harrow does have an axe to grind, so hey. There you go. It's perfect yeah. symbolism. <laughs> uh, now, Laelish is uh, very successfully snooping around the shadows yes. of this tomb, uh, <laughs> taking out one of the guards very quickly and very uh, uh, quietly uh, putting on their robes. It seems like Harrow can hear Layla. I kind of read this as Harrow doesn't really care at that point because he's like, mm. I got what I came for. She's not going to be able to stop Like, me. I don't know if you ever played uh, the first Spider-Man PS4 game, but uh, it's sort of like the Mary Jane missions where Mary Jane just sneaks around and like really good. I'm like, how are you this good at sneaking around dangerous people? <laughs> <laughs> because the script needs her to be empty. She's got to get back there to break open that Ushapti. We don't have time for her to get pinned down, which is clearly outmatched in this room but, and then she uh tags along with all of them on a ride back through the desert to this checkpoint i like how they're clearly down to single digits after these hecka priests have been wiping them out uh but they're like wait um was she one of us to begin with i can't really tell i didn't really get to know everyone in the cult they just told us to go come out here and dig and i hopped on the first flight i we didn't do the name thing we should have right? done the name thing <laughs> We should have introduced one fact about ourselves. That would have that really helped. Yes. <laughs> okay, then at the checkpoint, Harrow uses a staff to send these soldier souls to the Duat. Now, mm. I'm assuming these were the souls that uh, Mark, Stephen, and Tuaret saw dropping into the dunes last episode. It didn't seem like a whole lot of them. There was, what, maybe 10 or 12. Um, now, later in the episode, they suck a lot of the souls to, to feed Amit as she grows, but that happens after Mark has already left the Aru and reconnected with Steven and the Duat to, to come back into the world of the living. So I just want to know who, where all those souls were. Maybe there were some other checkpoints. Maybe this was the fifth of, uh, of like 10 checkpoints that they were going through and lots of souls got sent to the Duat. But I liked how they floated up from their bodies because like right. I would imagine that they dropped down, but it just kind of implies that the Duat is another... Uh, space of being and it's right. like kind of beyond where we are um one of my favorite moments of the episode Tori begins using the corpses of these soldiers to communicate with Layla I know. and I love how much <laughs> it gives these actors a chance to just like do their best Antonio Salib impression it's just really fun yeah. to see all the actors get to yeah in imagine like at the end of Endgame Tony Stark just became Tawara he's like hey everybody it's okay he's fine he's in heaven he's fine <laughs> So they return to the Great Pyramid where, uh, 
Hero uses the, his staff to slay the Ennead. We don't really see this happen. Like many mm. of the uh, big fights in this episode, it just happens off screen. Mm. Um, and they release Amit back into her amazing crocodile form. I think Amit looked great this episode. Like the CG was I, really, I, I really good. I love the design. The mummy wrappings dangling from her snout. Uh, mm. The characterization of Amit. Really, really cool this episode. I, I kind of wish that she looked more like King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong series, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> You've been saying that about a lot of characters. Yes. It's I just a love weird fixation you <laughs> I say that about Layla when I first met her. I was like, "Come on, not not the <laughs> not the real figure that I wanted for uh, Mark's love interest." But I'll, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> you said that about me. You said that about all of us in your episodes you enjoyed. I wish you looked. When like I first that. met Eric, I was like, "Ah, no, no crocodile form, no crown, eh, not King K. Rule." <laughs> So Layla frees Khonshu, and uh, Khonshu fights Amit. The Khonshu-Amit fights in this episode, pretty cool. Very much enjoyed them. Yes, I really loved seeing Khonshu throw hands. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and then, uh, meanwhile, Mark returns to the Duat to be with Steven. We get the sweet Anna-Elsa moment, where they both hold the same heart at the same time. And Osiris's gates mercifully open, reverting them uh, from love, the bro. sand back to flesh. It's love. It was great. It was sweet. I love seeing the two of them connect. It's guy love between two guys, homie. Never heard about a guy love? It's magical. Uh, help me out with something, MT. What was this big uh, sand wave that was about to... It was that just like the nature of the Duat saying, You cannot leave us. That is a, a violation of our way. <laughs> like, what was that? Like, when that was happening, I first I, I, at first I thought I was like, Oh my God, are we about to get Marvel zombies? Like, are we about to see a bunch of zombies come through this portal? And like, we're about to get like a whole mess of nonsense. But like, I think that... Yeah, I think, like like you were just saying, this is just the duot's way of being like, hey, where are you going? Like, you are sand, so, like, you can't leave us. Like, you are the duot. So, like, the duot's trying to reclaim the sand that's trying to leave. Yeah, no, but when okay. I loved when that Osiris opened the doors and be like, all right, you can go. It's fine. He's a soft date. I, I would have loved to have seen Osiris weigh in on this. I thought we we're going to get, right. like, a conversation between Tuaret and Osiris. Because I, I between last episode and this episode, I, I feel like audiences needed more information about what these gates were and how exactly right. they worked and and w was there someone at these gates was it osiris's godly form was it his avatar who was just like uh cranking a lever to open them or something i, I just would have liked to have just gotten a bit more context just right. to, so that we understood the stakes of uh of like what he needed to see to melt his heart instead all we got was this line from torrent saying he's a softy uh, which, okay, I, but who is a softy? We never met Osiris on the show. We just met him talking through his avatar, but like it would have been great to have seen Osiris's godly form mm -hmm. making these choices. And so we got this confusing wave of sand that like Tawarit was suddenly, she was hopping around all over the place. Mm. Like she was in the Aru and then she's back on the boat and then she steers the boat into the wave that prevents it from crashing on them. Is that how waves work? Wouldn't the sand just go around the boat and, and flood them? Why isn't it these sand zombies that are dragging them back into the sand? Why is it now suddenly... Like, we didn't see the dunes move around. We They were kind of static. Wait, you suddenly didn't, you it's didn't like see this Flint crashing Marco, wave. dude? You didn't see Sandman? He, he was in the background. Oh, I missed was, it. Was, I missed him. it. Let's go into the break then. Look... Oh, here we are again. We're in a finale of a Disney Plus show where everyone's like, God, I wish Eric would just stop reviewing these shows because he, he's so mean to them. He's so mean. Look, I just said I love this show, everyone. I'm just, I'm yes, just we do love going through my points of confusion. This is a, a little bit of a confusing moment. I'm allowed to have a mixed bag yes. of opinions and still overall like things. 
It's okay. It doesn't yes. deny your 100% approval of this show. It's great. If you loved it, awesome. I loved it too. I just didn't love everything in it. It's all right. But um, anyway, so Mark and Steven come back to life and they make this deal with Kanchu. I love this moment where it's he's talking to both of them and it's not chaotic. They're making a choice where they get to hand off. Oh, you get to appear as Mr. Knight now. I'm going to appear as Moon Knight ceremonial gear. We're yes. going to have this conversation with Kanchu together. And I think that was great. Layla connects with Tuaret. Who takes her as a temporary Ooh, avatar, I'm gives so her a new happy. suit, the Scarlet Scarab, confirmed. Ooh. Now, it's never named in this episode, but Marvel.com has said that it is a Scarlet Scarab. You should be able to tell from the Scarlet Scarab logo and the fact that her wings are like scarab wings and she's got the little uh, scarab like arms or, or things, you know, the pincers or whatever those things are. Uh, and her name, of course, Layla Abdallah Al Fawli. And she had the little Scarlet Scarab uh, bandage on her thing at, on her right. finger at the end of episode four. So, uh, yeah, this. Is a, a major character from a, well, not a major character, kind of a, a lesser known character from the Invaders comics. But I like how they they change it from being a, uh, a villain, uh, which Scarlet Scarab was, to the Invaders. Their name is the Invaders, <laughs> which includes like Human Torch and and uh, and who else? Uh, Bucky, I think, is part of that. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not a not a great group to be called in the today's invaders. day and age, <laughs> but now she they get to reown it as like the first Egyptian MCU superhero, yes. which I think is really fun. I'm, I'm I love this trajectory for her character. I can't wait to see her more in the MCU. Hopefully, like I really hope that we see her more. Like, and she's not like a side character. It's like, all right, this is just for Moon Knight. No, like integrate her more into the MCU. I want to see her more. Yeah, this is exciting. And now Harrow unleashes Amit's judgment all over Cairo so that new disciples are just judging everyone. Their souls feed into Amit and making her grow giant size because uh, because Power Rangers heightening. You, Let's you, go! You have to, you have to, to big things. To big things. I thought it was really fun. I kept wondering, like, do average people right now see this fight? Right. Because, <laughs> like, we didn't, they couldn't see Khonshu before. Only Mark could see Khonshu. They couldn't see the Jackal. Mm -hmm. So are they just seeing, like, dust billowing around the uh around the pyramids and the sphinx it seems like layla is able to see them but i think layla has Tuaret's power so i'm right. wondering if like average people the mcu do not see these giant god kaiju fighting yeah which is really but it's also weird because like layla did see um Kanchu before she was like she, she made that deal with Tuaret. so like i wonder what that deal but is i think like. it was Kanchu speaking to her like, that was, like, a choice by Kanchu to make right. himself visible to her. For yeah. everyone else who Kanchu is not addressing, I think they just see, like, a trash can getting kicked over, you know? Yeah. Um, I would have just loved a shot cutting to a random Cairo citizen looking up and just seeing, like, why is the ground shaking so much? Is, <laughs> is things going to tip over? What's going on? Is there a desert <laughs> storm happening? Huh? What? Um, just to give us a frame of reference. Because I think that would have been like a really fun choice. You know, the way that Ant-Man cuts away from the epic stakes of the Thomas the Tr uh, Tank Engine battle just to remind us that this is like a toy right. set. <laughs> Things tip over. <laughs> just like a little bit of a con contextual shift there. Would have been fun. Um, but we see this battle fight on two different planes. You have the, the gods fighting uh, with um, Mark and their avatar fighting uh, on the ground level, which is such like a classic Greek thing, right? You have the, the two tiers of the battle. You have the gods disputing with the mortal conflict, using them as uh, as their avatar, as their surrogates, as their proxies. So I, I just loved the, the staging of all this, of the two tiers. Right. Um, and uh, right as Harrow seems to have Mark pinned, he blacks out and awakens with everybody dead. And Harrow pinned. And presumably this is, well, this is definitely... 
Jake, TCOB, once again, taking care of business. But we don't see it happen. We never see it happen. We just assume that he was really good. This this uh, stocky cabbie. Like, literally, Jake is just like, all right, uh, uh, you guys are in trouble. I've got this. Like, he's the problem solver. He's like, anything that you need done, it, it'll get taken care of. But you won't remember it. And uh, Conchi won't tell you. That's what I'm saying. Like, the most active of these three. Mm -hmm. I got to see this active character do his thing. Let's do it. I want to know. I want to know everything he did. I want to <laughs> see a whole episode where he's just making moves on Dylan. Just that process of asking. Right? Like, yeah. just show me how to how to get it done. Because I don't know how to flirt with girls. Show me, Jake. Show me Lockley. Show me the Lockley technique. Teach us. <laughs> I hope it's better than Dennis. Don't. Uh, it's, I, I, I tried Dennis. It's not, it's not good. It's not a good technique. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> so Mark and Layla use a spell they somehow know the words to to shrink Amit down into Harrow's mouth. Mark refuses to execute Harrow and demands Conchu release them, which he does. Mm. Kinda. Not really, though. We then mm. see Stephen and Mark back in Harrow's office from last episode. Uh, one last moment of self-doubt that they must overcome and then back in bed with the same music as episode one. Mm. Same foot harness, but now two goldfish in the tank. Why are they back in the harness? Well, the post credit scene shows... Harrow in a psychiatric hospital, seeing a cup of coffee as sand, putting him in the perspective of Mark Spector, someone who doesn't really know what his reality is. And then he's wheeled out by a Spanish-speaking Jake Lockley, who shoves in the back of his limo with a plate reading Spectre, while a suited Conchu introduces them, and then Jake shoots Harrow with a sniper pistol before driving off toward London. Now this ending, a post credit scene, is where we will start our discussion of this finale episode. It's one that leaves us with many questions. We're going to try to address the big ones in this episode, but don't forget to check out RockstarsMerch.com to grab our latest Succession shirt, Tomb of the Moon God, before Amit comes and swallows it up for good. Once it's gone from the night sky, it is gone for good. You can find that latest Succession shirt along with all of our Moon Knight-inspired merch over at NewRockstarsMerch.com. And when you get one of those shirts, whatever one of our latest Succession is, you'll get to write in a custom shout-out that will appear at the bottom of Inside Marvel. Mickle says... How do you think Moon Knight will fit into the rest of the MCU? Well, I hope we'll see him in uh, Werewolf by Night later this yes. year. Yes. Beyond that, I mean, it's time for the Midnight Suns. Yeah, so, man, like, like Werewolf by Night was a big part. Like Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight are really big parts of each other in terms of like origin stories. So like, yeah, I could definitely see Mark showing up in Werewolf by Night for sure. Uh, but like Moon Knight Sun, Moon Knight Suns. Uh, but yeah, M Midnight Suns is definitely where we're going to see him next or at some point anyway. Um, Matt says the stone hearts are just bloodless hearts called ghost hearts. They aren't Ooh. stone. Interesting. 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 I I would go with you, Matt, if uh, if the texture of that heart was just a bit different. It seemed obviously mm. it's probably cast out of plastic as a movie prop, but mm. it didn't. It wasn't squishy. It, even if there was no blood in it, it would be. It have some give to it. It would have some give. Mm. Uh, or if it was a ghost heart, it would at least just float. Just make it a VFX orb right. heart. But I don't know. I'll, I'll defer to you. You seem to know more about this than Thanks, I do. Matt. Adam says, I love you guys. Listen all the time. And my fiance hates your voice, Eric, LOL. Well, Adam, thank you for uh, watching slash listening to us all the time. But um, maybe maybe give uh, a second thought to this fiance. <laughs> maybe she's not the one. Maybe she's not the one, Adam. Maybe your wife needs be need better taste, huh? I've been thought about that, Adam. <laughs> Adam's wife. Uh huh. Your your fiance or me, Adam? Just saying. I, I hate to make you choose. You got to choose your fiance or me. <laughs> you can't have us both. You can't have us both. Eric's packing his stuff up. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. To the left. To the left. <laughs> 
All right, MT, uh, what's our question coming out of this finale? All right, bro, what the fish just happened in this Moon Knight finale? We got to talk about it. Yeah, okay, so this post credit scene confirmed that each of the times Mark or Steven blacked out to find uh, extreme violence and carnage around him, that was Jake. Jake mm. Lockley being the uh, the third alter of Mark Spector and Stephen Grant in the comics, uh, known as being a, a New York taxi driver. In this show, changed to be a, a Spanish-speaking uh, deadly assassin limo driver. Now, we don't know if he always drives a limo uh, or if this is just a gig the way it was for Old Man Logan in the Logan movie. Mm. Uh, or he kind of almost seems like a, a James Bond henchman Right? He seems like odd job or something like that. <laughs> like a, a deadly, uh, almost cartoony villain, but awesome to see. I love, like, they, they don't really show it on screen, but he's totally winning over that nurse who's like, um, you just want to wheel him out of here? And he's like, I got it, love. And like, he does something to her face, and you see her hands just kind of awkwardly be like, oh, um, uh, okay. Hey, man, girls uh, love accents, man. I don't know what it is. Just this love accent. It's accents. not just an accent, MT, he's speaking Spanish. And this she must know Spanish, or he did something uh, to just be like, I don't know what you are saying, but I like the way you are saying it, sir. You, wheel this patient out of here. <laughs> Please have one of our patients as, <laughs> as a courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you killed a few orderlies, too. Would you like to take some other? Uh... <laughs> now, um, the times that we have seen Jake this season, obviously the final fight of this episode, the, somehow he overcame Harrow. Um, which I just want to know exactly how he did it because yes. Mark had the power of Moon Knight. I want to know what Jake's Moon Knight form was because we saw what Steven's Moon Knight form was. Right. We saw what Mark's Moon Knight form was. What did it look like when Jake did it? And what uh, additional abilities were unlocked to get him out of that pinned position? Because every time this happened, he was not in a good spot. He must yeah. have been, he must have had some nifty toys to get out of this spot. Um, and this includes the thugs on the roof in episode three. They were stabbed. Uh, right. He wasn't even on the roof to begin with. He was like knocked out down in the bizarre level. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's some vicious moves. Um, now, interestingly, the previously on showed us the red sarcophagus. So that was almost certainly Jake, right? I don't yeah. think we have any doubts about that. Uh, he might've even been the one who brutally killed all those hero soldiers in the Alpine village in episode one. Because Mark didn't seem like the kind of guy who would kill people that savagely. That seems right. to be a Jake move. Like the fact oh, that yeah, Mark sure. was still so guilty over killing those archaeologists. I, I don't know if he would kill all those. I think he would just maybe self-defense uh, take some people down, but then get out of there. Oh, yeah. And like it makes sense because like Mark would have also went directly for Harrow um, and like, you know, yeah. fought him. So like if it was Jake, Jake would just want to. Jake usually deals with the threat the immediate threat at hand, and then leaves. So, like, mm -hmm. it makes sense for that to be Jake, for sure. Uh, obviously, it was Jake who slayed Dylan in the museum. <laughs> oh, 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 but I want to yeah. know, did he ask her out in Spanish? Did he use Spanish? Does Dylan know Spanish? Did so. Dylan just think he was doing a bit to woo her? Was it a non-verbal asking out? So Dylan's like, this is just a multilingual guy who works in the gift shop? Yeah, you know, in season two, I want Jake to get Dylan, like, to finally, like, seal the deal. At some point, get the, get the date down because he he wanted the date. Let's just make sure date, Jake gets his date. Yeah, I mean we know Jake is a carnivore. The man likes steak. He picked the steak restaurant. He did, did not like care that steak. Steven's vegan. He's he, he and honestly like didn't really care. It seems like Jake was the most aware of all these alters over what the context of this was. Had mm. a deeper layer of a connection with Kanchu than even Mark did. So it's it's pretty interesting to think back on all the times that Jake intentionally chose chaos and violence in his relationship with his alters 
not really caring about what uh, where Stephen would wake up or Mark would wake up, um, even though that would spell some confusion and some complication for him and for what Conchu wanted him to do. The guy has kind of a reckless abandon that I really love and I would love to explore more in at least another episode or like I, I, I love this post credit scene. I just wish that that wasn't a final reveal. I understand that this, this show's relationship is with Stephen and Mark. And I think that's one of the best things about it. Mm. I just think you could still introduce that wild card in like the fifth or the sixth episode and not affect that core relationship. He's just a guy who's like screwing up the relationship. He's the guy who's the wedge between the two people who we care, you know, like there's mm. all kinds of ways you can structure it. Um, and, uh, I just think it's like we end the season with this James Bond vibe as Jake uh, is revealed as the preferred number one altar for Khonshu. Right. And uh, um, it's such a bold decision that though to never really show exactly everything that happened. It Like everything in the show, it's okay. about like uh, leaving things a mystery. It's all Keep like building you guessing. <laughs> yeah. Now Mark and Steven continue to be harnessed to their bed, meaning that Conchu is still occupying the body, only just moonlighting <laughs> as Jake Lockley to continue to do his bidding. But now with Conchu continue to be bonded to this third altar, Moon Knight as a character does live on in the MCU, either for a second season, maybe a Midnight Suns team up, hopefully an appearance in Werewolf by Night. Marvel Studios Oscar Isaac, you gotta imagine they want to keep this going. Hopefully they do. This has been a really fun ride and it doesn't yeah. have to end here. Now, uh, just to clear up some questions, why is Harrow in a psychiatric hospital? Is mm. is that possibly in his mind? Well, uh, it's my take on this MT, and tell me if, if you disagree. I think just Mark and Steven and Layla, maybe some criminal justice authority in the MCU might have decided Arthur Harrow with Amit uh, connected with his mind is just kind of certifiably, you know, ill and gets to be put kept in this psychiatric hospital uh and maybe they had him like extradited to london i just i, I would be surprised that uh egypt would allow that i feel like because all those people in cairo are they still dead like hundreds of people in cairo there's just corpses lining the streets mm. Uh, that one guy who climbed up atop the Great Pyramid of Giza seems to have something to do with it. So <laughs> I would imagine you, they would probably hold him responsible for that. But I don't know. Maybe Osiris, the softy, opened his gates and all those people got to come back to life. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But my thinking is that what we saw in that mental hospital at the end with Harrow was real. I think Harrow is in that hospital. Yeah. And I think he is dead now. I think he was shot and killed. And then that's well, like, it's finally Conchu. Uh, executing on what he wanted to do. Uh, because otherwise, it's like, whose perspective are we watching that scene from uh, mm. when the car drives away mm. if it is, like, a subjective, distorted reality? Uh, I, I, Is it from Conchie's perspective? Is it from Jake's perspective? I think that was, like, one of the few times in the series we saw an objectively playing out scene. Right. I think Harrow is dead now. Yeah. I mean, like, mo most likely Harrow is dead because, like, you know he was murdered with the direct guidance from Kanchu. Like, Kanchu was watching this man get murdered. So, like, let's say, like, for example, because, like, we do know that Amit is in Harrow's body. So, like, potentially he could have the same healing factor as Mark has. But we know that Kanchu knows how to kill an avatar in these situations. So, like, mm -hmm. at some, like he's not going to do a half-assed job. He wanted Harrow dead this entire time. So Harrow is for sure dead, for sure. And, like, uh, and also... This was objective reality because, like, I mean, this was true reality because of all the things you said. Like, at no point during the season has Harrow exhibited any signs of, like, you know, being mentally unwell or, or projecting anything. Uh, so, like, you know, I don't see why he would have to be in any sort of other reality or in his head. 
So like, yeah, it seems like it's actually happened. Let's talk about Mark and Steven in these final minutes. Why do they right. return to Harrow's office after Concha releases them? Like, mm. I guess my thinking is that the office was never part of the Duat boat. The office was really a separate organizing principle within Mark's mind that manifested his self-doubt. It was kind of a shared space between how, between how his mind interpreted the Duat as a psychiatric hospital and how his own mind trapped him inside of his own mind to keep him from moving on. So the office is always independent from the Duat. It's just in Mark's mind. Yeah, uh, it's like how its organizing principle, his self doubt, continues to try to uh, to prod him, uh, and I think that's why last episode he would toggle back and forth from the office to the other parts of the boat hospital. Those were real. I think the other parts were the real duots. The office though was not real. That was the one yeah. part of the show that I think was in Mark's mind. The the one setting I should say in the show that was in Mark's mind. Uh, and I think before he can reach that true inner peace and stability with Stephen, they must return to that office to overcome that inner version of Harrow that their self-doubt has manifested. And for the yeah. first time, we see his feet as actually bleeding. And I think they, I, my take on this, MT, is that they were always bleeding in the show. But yeah. Stephen or Mark never saw them that way until now when they no longer see Harrow as a threat. What do you think, though? Yeah, no, I think that, you know, that whole office sequence was just mostly symbolic of like you know like you said like the the what mark was going through on a on his mental level of the whole situation and so like um when harrow like his feet started bleeding when he himself was was like really hurt and, and, and like about to die and so like i think that it was just like all right you defeated me so like i am now hurt and like and like i'm dying so it's just like it was all just mostly just symbolic of what Mark was going inside and like it's not really anything anything that happened in that office is not really meant to be taken seriously as something that actually happened in my opinion yeah I I think it, it, it's important to the characters obviously and to right. the character growth uh, but I don't think it represents like an actual physical space that we could visit somewhere in reality right. um now, realistically, I think from that time, from the moment where Concha released them in the tomb, it might have actually been Jake who overtook the wheel at that point. And then it might have been Jake who made that deal with Layla to keep Harrow in that psych hospital in London, maybe a concession to her. Uh, and now, uh, like the way that Mark and Steven wake up in the flat, uh, it seems like Jake is keeping the two of them in the flat the way that Mark kept Steven in the flat. Like right. it seems like they're now kind of trapped in someone else's game. So I think Steven has been, uh, so I think Jake has been making a lot of moves behind the scenes. And anytime, like, I think even from the moment at the end of episode two, when uh, Mark suddenly finds himself in the hotel room in Egypt, I think that was Jake who got him there. Uh, because it seems like we, we teleported from Mark's point of view. I think right. it must have been Jake. Um, yeah. So um, I think ultimately the conversation I want to have about this is like, are we reading all of this too literally? Could there, is there any chance that the final scenes of this episode or maybe the post credit scene might be taking place inside someone's head? Hmm. I, don't, I don't think so. Cause that'd be a really weird way to end the series. Like considering that, you know, it's not all like the whole, like these whole series has not taken place in Mark's head or not even like the majority of the series has taken place in Mark's head. So, like, it would be kind of weird for, like, that final really impactful moment to be like, all right, just kidding. It was all just a goof. Um, but, like, yeah. no, yeah. So, I think it's it's actually happening. But, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, everything in this series, we're meant to question, interpret. That's kind of the themes of the uh, Jeff Lemire uh, and Smallwood uh, run mm -hmm. of the comics. And that's why they return to that office at the end. I, I think they want us to kind of question. I think the fact that they put... 
Arthur Harrow in a psychiatric hospital as opposed to Arthur Harrow just like back with his cult or as a homeless mm. person or trying to live a new life and then he gets abducted or taken. I, I think they want us to wonder, wait, was all of this in Arthur Harrow's mind? I think that feeling, the the questioning is important of the show, but I don't think we're meant to arrive at specific answers that are clearly defined in the final end of the argument that it was definitely in his mind. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I think it is a stronger series and a better story if most of these details are things that actually happened in the MCU. Including the fact that Alexander the Great had a uh, crocodile avatar, and that's what made him great. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of crazy <laughs> things that got established as canon in the world of the MCU as a result of this series. And I love it! I love when the MCU takes big swings in these yes. shows that, like, <laughs> leave leave huge implications for the world. I think they need to be doing that more. Yeah, honestly, we need to have a whole Assassin's Creed series just with uh, avatars Yes. Different, like, that would be freaking dope. I would love that, Marvel. Get on it. I love it. I <laughs> love it. And you know who I love this episode? Our new Scarlet Scarab, Layla. Yeah. And I want to know how. I want to know what happened to her at the end of this show and where she'll, where we'll see her next. But first, we want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Even if you have magical armor that appears out of nowhere to help you fight crime, you still need a good night's sleep on a mattress made just for you. Well, our friends at Helix Mattress are here to make sure you have that. Helix Sleep is a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down to sleep hot. Even though Helix Plus mattress or plus size sleepers, I got a Helix mattress and I love it. I know MT's got one too. We're both big fans. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store, just go to helixsleep.com slash inside marvel, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel. Also, thanks to Bespoke Post for sponsoring this episode. This spring, revamp your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must have box of awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. No matter what you have going on this season, Box of Awesome has you covered from camping gear essentials to cookout must-haves like hot sauces and BBQ rubs. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. I also like the Scorch Box, which contains hot sauces from all over the country that I can use to spice up my meals. To get started, take their quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code MARVEL at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code MARVEL for 20% off your first box, boxofawesome.com, code MARVEL. And thanks to Raycon for sponsoring this episode this Mother's Day. Spoil your mum with the gift of quality premium wireless audio courtesy of Raycon. Raycon wireless earbuds are a must-have for super moms. With Raycons, they can stay entertained listening to their favorite podcast or music, plus take phone calls with vivid voice technology, all hands-free. Raycons are user-friendly for those moms who are just switching to wireless earbuds. Easy to set up, easy to use, and seamless Bluetooth pairing. Plus, they come in a bunch of fun color options, so you can find mom a color that suits her personality and style. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, for the mom on the go, Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life with their compact portable charging case. 
They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of their other premium audio brands. And Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 49,000 five-star reviews, perfect for a five-star mom. We use Raycon's at New Rockstars all the time, and we love the reliable battery life and comfortable fit. Tell mom how much you love her and make sure she hears it in crystal clear audio quality with Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com marvel to get 15% off your Mother's Day order. That's buyraycon.com marvel. All right, MT, let's talk about our new Scarlet Scarab in the MCU. What happens to her from the moment we cut away from her in the tomb? And what happens to her at the end of the series? Where do you think she goes from here? I have a feeling that she is in Egypt right now. And because like we did have that really great moment of like that her that a girl saying, are you a new Egyptian superhero? And she was like, yeah, I guess I am. And uh, because like, mm-hmm. if you think about it, every like the world is big and like different parts of the world do need superheroes. And like Layla is probably just back at her homeland that she hasn't been in in 10 years and just being like, all right, I'm going to help out my people, which is really dope. And, like, I'm so excited that Tawaris is in the MCU, like, officially as, like, with an avatar because I love her so much. She's one of my favorite MCU characters, and I want to see more of her. I'm very sad that she didn't have a hippo-themed costume. I was really hoping for a hippo-themed costume, but uh, Scarlet Scarab is pretty cool. Uh, What do you think? Yeah, I I mean... What I would love to see is, like, Layla showing up in, like, Secret Invasion or, mm. you know, one of these other shows, Armor Wars. I don't know. There's all kinds of shows coming out on Disney+. Plus. I just don't know if it's going to happen, right? Mm. Like, Monica Rambeau, we haven't seen her since WandaVision. Uh, like, we saw her uh, We saw her mom, we think, in the trailer for Multiverse mm. Madness. Uh, but that's, you know, like, it seems like all these shows are kind of being, uh, surprisingly... Produced independently of each other, and don't always have all these plans for interconnectivity. Right. Um, but I, I think there are all kinds of places for her to show up. I just want to, I want to see her continue to do her thing. Um, I think it's probably too late for her to show up in Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, right? Yeah. That'd be my it's, guess. We yeah, it's way too late there. Um, I, if you know, if they do an um, A Force, which I really want Marvel to do an A Force project, sure. Layla, get her on the squad. Yeah. I think she'd fit right in there. I mean, she's great. A really, really fun character. You know, she is kind of like one of these characters who's uh, protecting a setting that is not really seen enough in in genres like this or in the MCU. She'd be a great person to show up in like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Like maybe we have like different countries, not just on the African continent, but all around the world where these places are protected. Like these are protectors of lands that have been plundered or have been attacked over over the millennia. Uh, she would be another great candidate. I think she would just have some an interesting dynamic. I'm glad you brought that up because, too. like, we did get that huge name drop at uh, the last episode of Bushman, and Bushman in the comics runs um, the country of Burunda at one point, which is a neighboring country to Wakanda. They share a border. So, like, since Bushman was name dropped and he does have that past, and we do have this Egyptian superhero, I would love to see. Layla, like being the first person, like really confront Bushman and be like, "Yo, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I am a hero here. You can't really do this." Also, Marvel, if you haven't cast Bushman yet, call Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady <laughs> would kill it as Bushman. Just let he would be your Heath what? Ledger Joker. He would be amazing. He's an amazing improv dude. Just let him go crazy as Bushman. He would kill it. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Wow. <laughs> Hot take, MT. Hot take. Um, I love. Love, love me some Wayne Brady. Love me some Wayne Brady. Anyway, 
I don't see it as Bushman, <laughs> but you do. You, you. I love Wayne Brady. I think I would love to see Layla go seek vengeance on Bushman. I think that needs to be her next move. Is mm-hmm. uh, we? I, I think if she has reached this point of peace with Mark, uh, I think then she must believe him that it was Bushman who did this, and I right. think she needs to track this guy down for killing uh, her father and avenge her father. Um, you killed my father. Prepare to die. A quick question. Arthur Harrow had this interesting line where he mm. said that his we learned that his scales were imbalanced and he thought that his service of Amit could be his penance. For what do you think Arthur Harrow was serving his penance? What What is his backstory? I mean, I, I assume that it was all because of his service to his Khonshu and for loving um, murdering those people because he does admit to Khonshu's Ushapti that like he loved it and like he he did it for himself really and uh, while he was doing it in service to Khonshu. So I think that it was his um his 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 love of murder and like his love of harming other people that he was like sort of guilty for and was like that's why he walked on his super sharp glass all the time and he was like I feel guilty so like I want to serve my penance and that's why he was like yo um Ahmed if you need to kill me do it because like I it all fair it's fair is fair like I did this whole thing because I th- thought that bad people needed to go from the world. And if I'm bad to you, then, you know, I'm not going to argue because I did some pretty terrible things. Um, but yeah. So what, you what think you th- that his, his enjoyment of this process was the yeah. sin that he that's, was that's doing That's the this sin for? that he felt guilty for. And like, he hates um, okay. Conchu for abusing him into that scenario where he now has this, this burden on him where like, and now I know that I love to be a, an abusing person. So, like, you sort of made me like you, Khonshu, uh, which is sort of, mm. you know, sad in, a, in its own way. It is uh, sad. But what do you think? I read it as he has some dark past that we mm. still don't know, that he did something to bring him to this place. I mean, there's still so much about Arthur Harrow's past that this show never answered. Right? It's true. How he got to this point. It's not like every character needs to have a whole episode that gives us a flashback to how they got. But a, a line of dialogue, maybe. Mm. Like, all we, all we know about his past is that he claimed to have been Khonshu's past uh, avatar. I don't know if that's true or not, mm. but he seems to know a lot about Khonshu. Maybe that's stuff that like Amit told him about and his connections with Amit. He didn't seem to have a direct communication though with Amit. I just want to know how he got to that place. Right. Or if he was actually Khonshu's avatar, because Khonshu was in that uh, statue when Mark found him. So mm. I won't, did Hero put him back in there? I, I just have a lot of questions uh, about Arrow, and that's why I want to see a second season of this, or for some of these things to come back in some other series. I don't know. I don't know what's, what was cut from this show, but like, I, we never learned some critical things, and I feel like we needed it. I, I mean, not a lot of times shows don't answer all the questions about characters, but the fact that like we're just kind of left in this place of just... He's doubting his own reality now. Uh, it just, I feel like it would have been a stronger show had he just, all we need is just one line of dialogue. Just mm. a quick, maybe two sentences explaining where he came from and why he's here. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that was cut and why that wasn't like, included. I'm from Wyoming. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, I know why it was cut and why it wasn't included because this show is not about Arthur Harrow. It was about Stephen and Mark and they wanted mm. to keep the focus on them and their point of view and the mystery of they don't really know what reality is, including... 
Harrow. Uh, but if they could say I was once Conchu's avatar, you could give a, you could elaborate a bit more on that. I like a flashback at least. That would be pretty dope. <laughs> uh, I mean, a flashback at the most. A flashback, you have to shoot all this other stuff. I get it. I get it. You don't have time to always shoot a ton of scenes with a ton of characters, but you can just bring in Ethan Hawke to the ADR booth and have him say something. I assume half of the dialogue in the show was looped in after the fact on ADR. <sighs> I'm getting negative here, but it's not negative because I'm mad at the show. I just wanted to see more. I want to know yeah. more about it. I have follow-ups. He wants maybe more. We'll find he wants to consume more. He loves it that he wants more on his body. I wanted to ask you about the Ennead. Uh, it seems like the Ennead, at least their avatars, are slaughtered. Oh, mm. Are they back in the overvoid just like scared waiting waiting for all this to play out what do you think happened to them now yeah i think that like the when we saw those avatars of the Ennead um during this episode it was mostly the avatars talking and acting and like the the gods weren't there at all so like now that these gods avatars are gone the gods are just chilling in the overvoid they're just like all right well they're, we're just uh chilling here and i have a feeling and this is just a weird hunch that the overvoid actually exists in the quantum realm um and it could be that city in the quantum realm because like you know we see an ant-man and the wasp that janet was able to communicate and possess scott's body from the quantum realm where she was at so like you know i think that that science could be in play here with these gods being in the overvoid and where that allows them to possess people from the quantum realm so i think that yeah but to answer the question the internet is just probably like all right well well that sucks but we we just it's another avatar gone it's fine we'll just get another one <laughs> Just eyes. See, my thinking is when the five members of the Ennead approached Harrow as this as this group walked into the pyramids, I, I think that was the gods because he said, mm. "You are judges. You're not warriors." He was talking right. to the gods in that moment. I don't think he was talking to mm. people because if it was people, it'd be easy. I mean, they're all kind of middle aged people. He's got a huge axe staff to where yeah. I don't think there would even be anything i don't think they would walk up to him i think these avatars would be like we're gonna hide and hopefully get our gods to possess us i think the the intent of that was he was able to i mean amit is a specific is a beast is a warrior mm. deity uh and the way that like osiris horus sets all these others are not so i think he was able to beat them because of that mm. uh and i think I, I think they have returned to the overvoid, but in that moment, I think those gods were in those bodies, and then he was super injured, and then that was the uh, the avatar who was telling uh, Layla what to do, um, I, or maybe it was Osiris. And it was never really clear when it was just the avatars or the gods who were talking. Right. I think that's that's one thing I wish I saw more in this series. It's just like I wanted to see what Osiris looked like and right. what it looked like when Osiris was talking. Versus mm. when it was the Avatar who was talking. Um, but either way, this leaves the Ennead in the Overvoid uh, for uh, right for the picking for Gore the God Butcher. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we're going to see this in Thor Love and Thunder. I don't know if Taika <laughs> interested in visiting that corner of the universe. Mm. But like, it could just be implied that everybody who was introduced as a god in the MCU is either a target or is a victim. Of, of, I, I would of love to see Kanchu at least appear in as a cameo in Thor: Love and Thunder at the very least, because like I love Kanchu a lot. Be fun. Um, so overall, some final thoughts. Uh, mm. I'm super grateful for the series. I thought Oscar Isaac gave an incredible performance as well as Ethan Hawke. Uh, this was just a really, really fun series to uh, to dive into every week uh, to play along with the mystery of it. I think the conversations that it uh, it led us to have about mental health and about Egyptology, mm. fascinating. I love the world building of the Duat. I think uh, episode five might have been my favorite of the uh, of the season. 
I, really I mean, I love me a good walk down memory lane episode. I think in general, the penultimate episodes of a lot of these series might be my favorite, or whatever, whichever episode like takes us down memory lane. I, yes. I love the Void episode. I definitely love WandaVision episode eight. I think I love WandaVision episode eight the most. I might mm. okay, I gotta rewatch WandaVision. Okay, there's time before Multiverse of Madness. I think. Plenty of time. Um, but but uh, overall, I think this is a really really cool series, and I and I I love the character of Moon Knight. I love what Oscar Isaac did, and I, I want to see him come back in the MCU to address some of these like lingering questions we have about his corner of the world. But what oh, do you for think, sure. MT? Oh no, like I think that this show was phenomenal in terms of like mostly because I really like when um, movies and like TV shows like really like talk about like really important human things and this episode this whole series was all about self-love and mark and steve accepting each other but also accepting themselves as as people and as as in being okay with what they've done and like who they are as people and so like i really want more projects like this where like there is this like bigger meaning to it and that can mean a lot to a lot of people and like and again like with the whole did stuff like i learned so much about DID yeah. from this oh, yeah. entire series. And I'm so grateful that we, I, I we had this because like in, in that the yeah. world has this because so many people are about to learn more about DID and like not have those stupid, um, you know, stereotypes and like those, those really awkward thing and mm-hmm. not right things about DID, um, floating around as much. And like, that's why shows like this are so important. So like, I really love Moon Knight. Yeah. It was a great show. And like also the Egyptian representation 10 out of 10. Like, you guys did a really good job with that, and I really love that. So, that's that's my thoughts. <laughs> and agreed. Agreed. And we will leave it uh, there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Now, MT and I, of course, will always come back to have this Marvel conversation every week yes. here on Inside Marvel. And next week, we're probably going to be talking about the biggest questions coming out of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So... Hold on to your butts. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Again, my Easter egg breakdown coming out later. T- no, not later today. I'm sorry. It's coming out tomorrow. Mm. It's a busy week, guys. <laughs> I got to see Multiverse of Madness early. I'm trying to get uh, started on the breakdown early. There's just a lot. There's a lot. But you I'm grateful. This, I'm grateful to have this stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. Latest Gators. Latest Gators. Love you guys.